Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 69 of the PA Term Pod. On today's episode, it's going to be a quickie. Uh, we're going to touch on the Sixers' latest signing, um, the Phillies' recent uh, series versus the Marlins, and a little surprise tidbit with that as well. And then the bulk meat and potatoes of the episode will be the NFL Predictions Part 3, the last one where we'll talk about the season awards, our Super Bowl predictions and who will win, and stat leaders all across the NFL. And then, of course, we're going to preview the Bills at Rams to kick off the 2022 NFL season. The one-topic, four-minute scramble. That should be interesting. And we'll share a couple W's and L's. But first, let's take a quick pause to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 69 of the PA Turn Pod. This is the NFL opening night preview and the conclusion of our NFL season predictions, part three, if you will. Uh, with Joel, as always, I am Rob. How are you tonight, sir? Uh, excited and also tired because this is the first week in almost, what, uh, five months since we did two a week? Instead of two a day, yeah. it's two a week. So this is the first week of many to come but i'm excited it's a concise episode because we're doing two weeks now so i'm good how about I'm you okay. uh i'm okay i'm uh i am tired admittedly i'm uh i'm fighting a bout <laughs> and subsequently losing a bout with uh not quite the everything going on right now it's really just the uh something little going around right now i guess some sort of cold that a lot of people seem to have the monkey and i've been kind of fighting it for a few days so i'm uh admittedly not in uh, at 100 percent i'm running on a little bit of sleep from last night and then an open to close today at work which is uh gonna be followed with a couple more uh shifts over the next few days because of some extenuating circumstances so i am uh, i'm ready to talk football i'm ready to talk um ready to go watch baseball i'm ready to get some sleep as well but uh and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention happy birthday thank you it is your birthday you're officially old now Thank you. I will. Uh, I will technically not be twenty-seven until uh, about seven hours from now, eight hours from now. Oh, come I was on. born at eight, eight in the morning. <laughs> so when I uh, when I leave for work in the morning, I will turn twenty-seven. But I All appreciate. Right. It. I thank you. you happy are, uh, uh, early birthday, then. You were technically the first person to uh, wish me happy birthday today. Suck it. Which is uh, to all your peeps, especially your girlfriend who's who's slumped right now. Yeah, she's probably sleeping. The- Sucks. Haha. <laughs> Number one. Yeah. But uh, happy birthday, sir. Thank you. I don't um, feel a day over twenty six. Perfect. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's just get jump into it. Um you broke the news to me. I was at work and all of a sudden Rob texts me, Harold to Sixers. Mine just literally went to a million places, but I can just say excitement, happy, great move, love it, and I always think back to the Brett Brown days, especially that Jimmy Butler interview with uh, J.J. Redick of how soft and immature this team was. They had no leadership, no one to step up to these superstars. You got now P.J. Tucker, and now you have Montreal, Montreal Harrell, Mont- whatever his name is, Montrez Harrell. And now you know, no shenanigans. Thibault is not going to be soft away. Niang looked like he's a little softy. 
and Maxi will be a little bit tough enough. I mean, I like it. I like the move. I like veteran. Yeah. I like defense. Plays and gives minutes for uh, PJ Tucker on the bench as well. So I like it all around. How about you? I think it's a good regular season move. Um, he's uh, he's been on a handful of teams. He's made some playoff appearances. I, I question what his role will be completely on this team because he's not quite the um, the Dwight Howard, Andre Drummond, Al Horford that they had in years past. Yeah, where Embiid, you just assume he'll miss fourteen to twenty games, and you need a guy <laughs> that'll step in and play thirty minutes. I think in uh, in Embiid's absence, you have now Tucker, Bassey, Reed. And um, and Harrell that can eat up 48 minutes at the five, um, so it's a one-year deal. Um, but it has the player option for the second year. He'll make 2.46 million dollars uh, this upcoming season uh, if he opts in for the second year, which I kind of doubt he will. Uh, 2.76 is the figure. Um, he's actually a Maury guy. Maury drafted him mm-hmm. when he was with the Rockets, and uh, he wound up being part of. I think the Chris Paul package. Uh, it was him, Lou Williams, and uh, somebody else that went to the Clippers in exchange for, uh, for Chris Paul. I want to say, uh, seven-year veteran. He was with Houston, the Clippers, the Lakers, Charlotte, Washington. Made a couple of playoff appearances. Um, he's he's kind of a tenacious, you know, defensive guy. He can get rebounds. Mm-hmm. He's undersized for the five, but he's kind of um, under. Um, doesn't necessarily have the the skill set to play the four in the current NBA. I think you can make it work with him and Embiid if you really need to. Yeah, um, I view this more as a uh, he'll be on the floor with either Tobias at the four or Tucker at the four, and then he'll play the five. Um, not quite a rim protector, but uh, he he's got a dog in him, which is uh, I guess like the new meme. But he uh, <laughs> he fills a role that they desperately needed to uh, to fill. It's a second unit. Like that second unit, is he like a staple there or is he like the second guy off the bench? I wouldn't necessarily put him as the sixth man of the year award here, but probably like seven or eighth man off the bench. Easy. So there's no way to tell. Uh, My guess is he'll be, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. I think he'll be one of those guys that there will be nights where he just doesn't play. Um, There will be nights, I mean, it's going to average with 32 minutes a night. There will be nights when they go Paul Reed. There will be nights when they just go Tucker as a backup five. I think there will be nights that Harold is the the primary uh, backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this allows them to, you know, this gives them a little bit more flexibility off the bench. Um, granted, so right now they're at 17 guys. They got to shed two to get to the 15 man um, roster number. Yeah. So um, my guess is Bassey will be one of those guys and probably Trevor and Queen, um, if not Isaiah Joe. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. They're probably going to dump one wing and one big. Um, but this gives them the flexibility if, you know, they're playing against a team that is kind of undersized. Mm-hmm. It will go Harrell at the back of five versus if you're playing against a team that's got a big backup, like um, say they're playing Atlanta, they have uh, Okongwu as the backup. I think you'll see a Paul Reed in that kind of game. So I think this gives uh, uh, Glenn Rivers a little bit of flexibility at the five. Uh, he, he's averaged 13 points a game, 12.9 in his career, 5.3 rebounds, which feels low, but considering he's been a role player, that's not bad for a guy off the bench. Um, 62% from the field, which is primarily in the paint. Uh, 66% from the free throw line. Actually, I believe his last year was his highest uh, percentage at 72. So a little That's bit pretty. to to uh, build on there. He'll probably, you know, fight with Paul Reed and Charles Bassey and P.J. Tucker for the back of five. And um, he did play a little bit with um, James Harden Houston. So if they want to do the, the rim runner thing, 
where you know Harden goes uh, pick and roll, a lot of ball screens, and then tosses the lobs to uh, to athletic guys. He could be a, a prime <laughs> candidate for that. So exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. And like I said earlier, I mean, this brings physicality, locker room. Like, is is I think it's all around good move. Now pressure's on Doc Rivers. Yeah, can he make this all gel and keep his job? Because if they struggle early, hey, Joe Girardi got the axe, and look where the Phillies are now. Don't be surprised if uh, Doc Rivers gets an X, but that's if Maury pulls the trigger. Yeah, uh, Harold was a uh, perennial six-man-year candidate with the Clippers. I believe that was with Doc Rivers as the coach there. Mm-hmm. So he does have ties to Rivers. He has ties to Cassell, and he has ties to um, to Harden. Um, as yeah. it stands right now, they have um, so they have uh, thirteen guaranteed contracts. This is according to Bobby Marks, um, and four players in partial slash non-guaranteed deals. Uh, which would be Trevlin Queen, Charles Bassey, uh, Paul Reed, Isaiah Joe. They're two over the limit. They have just under $800,000 in cap space, which doesn't really matter because they can't sign anybody anyway. That's the hard cap. And they will get a little bit more relief once they they cut or trade two guys, provided they don't take on more players and more salary in any deals. Um, But they do appear to be slightly thin at the four, depending on how Thibel and Korkmaz and Daniel House are used. So I think you'll see a little bit of um, Tobias Harris at the you know the swingman three four position, which could free up Tucker to be the five, which might hurt Harold. But who knows? It, 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 we're all gonna we're all kind of anxious to see how it all plays out. But uh, at the end of the day, this is a good signing for them. I know some people are against it. Um, a lot of weird stuff coming out of that Charlotte locker room last year, yeah. and um, you know a lot of people just don't want you know a guy who plays the five and doesn't stretch the floor. But I think uh, when you get a player like Harrell, and especially the number they got him, it's hard to complain about it. I mean, this isn't exactly Dwight Howard or um, or Al Horford coming in here to sabotage the team. This is a guy that I think <laughs> will help. And I think the personalities in the locker room, while certainly combustible, um, I think there's, a, there's a, a sense of leadership, like you said, that this team hasn't had in a while. So I'm excited to see how it all works out. And also... The beauty of it is that he won't be a starting five. He can come off the bench. So if you need someone to play bully ball, if you need someone to like get in the opponent's head or rattle some feathers, especially in those late games that are crucial, throw Montrez out there and see what happens. Um, you also have um, there's a little bit of a um, like kind of like a they're not in a disparaging way, but kind of like a know your role um, sense to this because he's always been a guy that's come off the bench. This isn't a guy that's. Came- Coming in here to uh, to try to get starting minutes. Sure, yeah. I'm sure he would like that, but he's always been, you know, the energizer off the bench. And also, it's a it's a guy that can kind of bang with Embiid in practice, albeit he's at six eight six nine, he's a little bit smaller. But it's a guy that can kind of get a little bit out of uh, maybe Embiid during practice to show him a different look from what he might be used to. For sure, for sure. Um, last thing, um, do you think Tucker is the starting four? I feel like he's more he's elder, and he's more of a you know, off the bench. What do you think? I really don't know. Um, my, my, I have two lineup ideas in mind. Mm-hmm. One of them makes more sense than the other. And that would be with him starting, okay. which is where you have a backcourt of Maxie and Harden, um, Harris and Tucker kind of at the three slash fours, depending on matchup and then Embiid at the five. And then you also have um, the other lineup that I thought of, which is if you do bring uh, Tucker off the bench is uh you, you, you slide Harris to the four, and you have Thibel start at the three. Uh, that's provided Thibel is still here. But then you kind of lack spacing on the offensive end. 
with yeah. Thibel because he clogs up so much. Dope. He doesn't do anything. He just stands in the corner and doesn't have any gravity. So I think that uh, you could also see Daniel House start some games too, depending on uh, you know, health. But who knows? Hopefully these guys have been working on their games, especially Thibel. I, I can almost guarantee that Embiid, Harden, and Maxi have gotten better over the offseason. I don't know about Harris, but I'm sure he's putting some work. Thibel has to definitely get the shooting going for sure. Yeah, Harris puts in the work, I would say. And I, I Somebody caught him on uh, Twitter the other day. He posted a screenshot of like his, um, like one of his health apps. And you know how on the iPhone, if you if you jump from app to app, it'll say in the top left corner, like, return to such yeah. and such. He was apparently on Realtor, and somebody <laughs> caught that and was like, what are you doing, buddy? He's like, oh, I just like the window shop. Oh, my Lord. So people are suspecting he may be traded, but his contract is too confusing to uh, to trade at this juncture of the offseason, unless hey. you're trading him for someone else's problem, like a Russell Westbrook, which I, I, I think Maury is going to steer oh, clear of. Good Lord. He already made that mistake once. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe he's uh, shopping for new and better real real estate in uh, the great state of New Jersey because it's always cheaper over here. <laughs> yes. <So. laughs> yeah. If you love paying taxes, just move to the uh, move to the was it the Garden State? What's the uh, the Garden State? The armpit is, of America. The armpit of America. <laughs> Said that at work last week, and it didn't get the uh, the reaction I was hoping. Nah, I don't think it, even if you said it in Jersey, you wouldn't get. You probably get the same reactions you got. <laughs> yeah, they would just want to kill me. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's jump across the street to uh, the Phils. Um, as it stands right now, my notes are wrong. They're seventy-five and sixty-one, with a plus sixty-seven run differential to, uh, to this point. Fifty-three and thirty-two under Rob Thompson. They are currently eleven games back of the Mets. They actually fell a, game, a half game back of the Mets today, even though they won because the Mets swept the doubleheader in Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, they're ten and a half behind Atlanta who uh, right now it seems like a two-horse race for the division. Phillies are kind of just fighting for that wild-card spot. Um, in the wild-card standings, they are the second wild-card in a virtual tie with uh, San Diego. They have played two fewer games. They've played, um, they have one fewer win, but also one fewer loss. So they're one up in the loss column while being one behind in the win column. They also have the tiebreaker over San Diego. They also have the tiebreaker over Milwaukee. And should it come to this they have the tiebreaker over st louis but st louis has a uh, a 10 game lead on milwaukee right now in the central so that may not matter if the um if the season ended today they would be playing a three-game series in atlanta against the braves and then should they even survive that they have a five-game series against the um depending if san diego beats st louis it would be a five-game series against either the dodgers or the mets um which it, you would presumably they would not have Nola or Wheeler ready for game one or two of that series because they would have to use them in Atlanta. So the, uh, I do like the new format. What do you think of the, uh, I think we touched on it maybe off air, maybe briefly on air. Um, the new format kind of favors the teams at the top, which uh, kind of puts more emphasis on the regular season, at least even though you're allowing one more team to get in. Yeah. Then we briefly touched it because I was confused about the layout on the, you know, would be world series. Um, I don't mind it. I, I like it. It's baseball. It's playoff sign postseason. Um, I think baseball the playoffs have the uh, <laughs> yeah. They, 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 sometimes so the good thing and bad thing about the baseball playoffs is fewer teams get in, so the games feel more important. The bad thing is sometimes you get a boring matchup, like San Diego St. Louis wouldn't surprise like excite me at all. Really? Although seeing a you know a Soto Machado versus the St. Louis team 
seeing if Pujols can get his final ring. Like, I'm kind of bored of the uh, the Dodgers. I'm really bored of the Braves. And um, on the other side, I'm kind of bored of the Houston. Junkies. Yeah, the Yankees I think will be interesting in the in the, in the um, playoffs anyway. Yeah, see how much uh, they can flounder their way through. Yeah. Tampa Bay is always fun, but they're also boring. Cleveland's interesting, but I mean, it feels like only like three teams can really realistically win it this year between Houston, Atlanta, and the Dodgers. Dark horse, man. I'm telling you, dark horse. The Mets have a, an outside shot, and I do like Seattle, but I think they're just one pitcher short. And uh, uh, same thing with Toronto; they just don't have the experience, but they can they can hit the ball. So playoffs are going to be fun. We see it every year, though. There's always that one team, Cinderella story, that people rally behind. And a top team, like say, for example, the Yankees will fall. You don't expect it, or the Dodgers will fall. You don't yeah. expect it in a in a series, you know. So, the uh, one more thing that does stink about the new format, and I kind of hope in some way we do get back to it, is the uh, the one game playoff is no more. The uh, the manufactured one game playoff where the two wild card teams played against each other in years past, that's gone. And then game one sixty three in the event of a tie is also gone. So. We we were uh, fortunate enough to have two de- decent matchups last year. The uh, the Dodgers beat the Cardinals in extra innings in the uh, the NL wild card game, and then in the uh, AL one we got Yankees Red Sox at Fenway, but that was kind of over in the second inning. So, <laughs> I mean, it's good and bad, but uh, the one game wild card was always fun in my mind. Uh, real quick, so the Phillies in the last four Septembers, this is a uh, sad stat: forty six <laughs> and sixty seven record so far this September. I think they're playing five hundred ball. Um, since we last spoke, they dropped three in San Francisco. The uh, the Friday blowout on Apple TV. They lost Saturday and Sunday in uh, pretty close games, but never felt like they were going to win them. Um, and then Tuesday, they, they beat the Marlins. Uh, Gene Segura walk-off single. And then Wednesday, Segura hits one of the like, shortest home runs I've ever seen. And Windows Sosa <laughs> continues to tear the cover off the ball. Bailey Falter, once again, the stopper. Gets the job done. Uh Later this evening, we get uh, Sandy Alcantara for the 15th time this year facing the Phillies. And uh, we will be in attendance for Kyle Gibson for the 15th time this year for the Phillies. So, oh my God. <laughs> this is uh, the, the I don't know, uh, advantage Marlins, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, hey, since Rob Thompson has taken over, they've consistently, for the most part of this season anyway, have been the Marlins. So, I really still take two out of three as well. Yeah. And they and then, know they need it. It's down to the wire right now. Yeah, they know every every game's gonna matter. Uh and then after this series, they do get a little bit more relief with the uh the nationals coming to town. Uh Patrick Corbin versus Noah Syndergaard. That will be on the uh the Friday. That's uh tomorrow, I guess, at this point. That um, is Eric Fetty versus Ranger Suarez. That is juice ball heaven, Syndergaard. Versus oh my Corbin. God. Yeah, Corbin. <laughs> Smack the over on that. Oh, geez. It's, it's going to be like 10. Uh, Eric Fetty <laughs> versus Ranger Suarez. Um, God forbid Ranger Suarez makes it through the fourth inning this time. And uh, Anibal Sanchez against uh, Aaron Nola. A good for Anibal Sanchez for collecting them checks. Feels like he's been around <laughs> since I was like pre puberty. Um, but Aaron okay. Nola has. Uh, as dazzled, he had uh, ten strikeouts the other night to get him to uh, two thousand, two thousand, two hundred strikeouts on the season, which is exciting. Good for him. He's actually thrown the most innings in baseball since two thousand eighteen. So, Jesus. very durable, very fun. Uh, thankfully, he has kind of figured it out this year. I, I really just want to see him in a playoff game, though. Him and Wheeler, see what happens. But also, uh, I'm sorry. Good news on the horizon as well. Sir Anthony Dominguez and Zach Eflin on a rehab assignment were in uniform tonight. I don't know if they pitched, 
Uh, the weather here has been kind of lousy the last few days, so I wouldn't be surprised if the pigs got rained out last night. Uh, it stayed clear tonight, but I don't know if they were scheduled to play, and I don't know if they those two were scheduled to participate, but they are on a rehab assignment, and uh, all signs are pointing to their returns being soon. Beautiful. Uh, which is good. Yeah, we, all the pitching in the world we need. Yeah, thanks. Thankfully, Falter has held down the uh, that fifth spot in the rotation in uh, Wheeler's absence, Dude. and with Syndergaard having to be pushed back a little bit every so often. So, uh, having Eflin back will at least give them a sixth, uh, you know, starting option. If mm-hmm. if he's not stretched out, it, he offers a little bit out of the bullpen, a good sinker slider guy. So, when he's on, he's very useful. And maybe in a short series, he can you know, provide you with a couple innings to start a game. Maybe as an opener or be kind of your bridge guy once your starter gets banged, you know, knocked out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you just mentioned Falter. I mean, we've already talked about him twice in the last two weeks, and he's four and three yeah. on the season, but we've talked about him twice in basically two weeks, and he's three and oh in his last three starts. I'll give like. him credit. Um, the The weekend they they had that disaster game against the Mets, it feels like there's been like four of them. Uh, he, he had a really good start on that Saturday, the second game of the doubleheader, uh, and they won that game. And then he had another good start. Was it I, last week? Was it uh, he started the game we were at too? Yes. So yes, 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 he did. He's been very good, and I, I, he he's going to be a weapon come playoff time if he keeps pitching like this. Either him or Suarez will be the lefty out of the bullpen uh, with Brad Hand and Alvarado, which gives them some length too. I like your so uh, I'm excited to see how uh, Rob Thompson navigates the bullpen as we go forward. I mean, he can do no wrong at this point. I mean, he could, but he could. But right now, he has carte blanche. He can... <laughs> He's he's kind of bucked all the uh, the Girardi trends, which is exciting. Girardi, that nerd, that idiot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's excited. He hasn't gone on a podcast and said more disparaging things about the team. <laughs> I mean, we'll be at we'll be in attendance tomorrow or later today, yep. which, whatever time you listen to it. Even yesterday, who knows? Yeah, it could uh, be a week ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, we're ready for the meat and potatoes. Dun 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 dun. Meat drum potatoes. roll. NFL season predictions part three, the last part of yes. it. Yes. I'm excited. Football just, is all yeah. it's literally hours away. Yeah, less than uh less than twenty four hours away. We are about twenty four hours away from uh the post game shows wrapping up the Thursday night football game. Uh this <laughs> is kind of just the loose ends of some of the predictions and then also um the end of season predictions. Um today we're gonna do uh, award winners, uh miscellaneous ones like best record, worst record. Um uh, statistical leaders and then the Super Bowl um, hopefuls and a, a dark horse pick to get to and or win the uh, the Super Bowl, which admittedly I had some trouble with this year um, because, I mean, the dark horses in both conferences have kind of just been like the names of, or like the teams that are that were at the top prior. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting here. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of upgrades since the uh... – Free agent market exploded, so and trades galore. Yeah. So, and the teams that were on the on the rise in years past are now at the top and expected to have these big seasons. It's weird because there's about four teams that you could say Super Bowl or bust. Like when we get to that segment, I have a uh, I, I I compiled a couple teams that I think are almost like it's it's now or maybe now even never. never. So, <laughs> so let's just uh, last year we really like like turtled our way through this. I think that um, do you want to start with the uh, the most exciting award or start with the most boring award? Uh, start uh, with MVP or start with coach of the year? Let's go with the boring one. 
Okay. So coach of the year, I don't have odds in front of me mm-hmm. because it was tough to find this. I had to find an article last year from odd shark, which I don't even know if that provided the correct odds. Um, I just picked a name that I thought was appropriate for this one. Um, who do you have in mind for this? I had two Josh McDaniels of the Raiders. Um, first year coach now with the Raiders, especially with Devontae Adams. And then my next one was Nick Sirianni. Okay. And the Eagles are in prime position to make a run to not only win the division, but by a good margin. See how the, the floundering Cowboys and McCarthy's job is probably on the line this season. Yeah. Giants, we don't know. And then Commanders are up in the air. They will only go as far as Carson Wentz will take them. I would agree. Um, so actually, I found some odds here. And as it turns out, I picked the favorite. So I'm ah. sorry. Uh, my pick was going to be Brandon Staley for the Chargers. Chargers. I think because especially if you if you tie in kind of your predictions from last week with the ones this week, I kind of expect them to be toward the top of the conference. Yeah. And I think when a team gets there, having not actually been in the playoffs the previous year, it's hard to um, turn that person away. So Staley is the odds-on favorite right now. It's hard to call him a favorite, though. He's a plus 1,400. Brian Dable of the Giants, a plus 1,600. Ooh. Admittedly, I don't know what team Nathaniel Hackett took over, but I know he was hired this offseason. Texans? It was is he with Seattle? Is Pete Carroll still there? Pete Carroll's still there. I forget what team Nathaniel Hackett took over. Oh, is it uh is it Denver maybe? Um Denver, uh, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Um so Nathaniel Hackett is third. Uh Mike McDaniel, the young man who was actually probably my second pick for this. Mm-hmm. He just took over the other Dolphins. Uh Dan Campbell. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, your your guess is as good as mine for what team he coaches. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Kyle, Sh- he might be the Texans guy. Kyle Shanahan with uh, San-, San Francisco, Josh McDaniels with Vegas, uh, Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. So it appears that the uh, the odds here are kind of assuming the teams that were not in the playoffs last year will take a leap because um, Sirianni is dead last. Um, he's right after he's tied with Doug actually. Uh, Peterson, oh my lord, and uh, McDermott last year who had I, th- I thought a shot to win it. And that was actually your pick before the season. Yeah. Uh, he's plus 1,800 as well. So uh, the the person who's in dead last is Arthur Smith. And uh, second to last is Lovey Smith, who I I know who he is. I just have no clue what team he coaches. Lovey Smith? Yeah. I forget what team he took over. He's still um, coaching in the NFL? I thought he was in college. Yeah, he, he took a job. I forget where he's coaching. What the fudge? Matt Eberflus. He's the Texans coach. Uh, then uh, who's uh, who's no O'Connell? At Vikings. Vikings. Oh, they dumped Stefanski. No. What? Kevin O'Connell. All right, we're efforting here on the podcast. Yes, we're trying our best here. Kevin O'Connell, football quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, Google? Yeah, head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I was right. Oh, Stefanski's the the uh, the Browns. My bad. My bad. Oh, that's yes. right. Yeah, they got rid of Zimmer. Did Zimmer yes. go to the Cowboys, or was that a rumor? I don't know. But Stefanski is a Brown. Efforting here, Zimmer. Uh, Zimmer's a free agent. He's an analyst for the Jackson State Tigers. Uh, is that the team that? Um, I got to stop asking questions. Uh, Jackson State. That's with. Um, is that with Deion Sanders? Yeah, it's Deion Sanders. So. Uh, Deion Sanders is now bossing. Um, I just got hacked. That guy uh, around. Oh, I didn't get hacked. All right. Uh, next up Jeez. on the uh, the the descending list of. Um, See, I was or the ascending list. Yes, I was going to pick 
pick Brandon Staley, but because of that idiotic move in Week yeah. 17, and I feel like the Chargers do this every year. They get close. They don't get over the hump. That's why well, I don't pick them. But the expectations are low. Him. The expectations are low for him. That's true. That is true. All right, uh, let's do comeback player of the year next. Um, this is annoying because Brian Robinson is third, even though he has not actually played, so he's not coming back from anything. Who is that? But he's the guy that got shot. Oh, um, Derek Henry is the odds-on favorite, followed by Jameis Winston and Brian Robinson, Christian McCaffrey, uh, and then a little bit of a drop-off, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Baker Mayfield, Mitchell Trubisky, Saquon Barkley, Juju Smith-Schuster, J.K. Ooh. Dobbins, Daniel Jones, and Travis Etienne, even though Etienne is also not coming back from anything because he hasn't played in the NFL. Um I have one pick, and then I also have, like, Dark Horse. My Dark Horse is Saquon. But uh, my pick is Jameis well, Winston. Because I think Derrick Henry, that was just an injury that happened. Yeah. When he was running through everything, he just happened to have an injury late in the season. I guess it just depends how you define the award, truthfully. Because, I mean, Carson Wentz could, in theory, win this. Uh, Cam Akers, maybe. Carson Wentz can win that award year in and year out because he's inconsistent. So, he uh, can, so my, no. Uh, my pick is going to be Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey? Um, McCaffrey, uh, just because I think uh, if, if the Panthers do anything this year, it's going to be on his back. And if he's playing, he's going to be heavily relied on probably more than any running back in the league. Uh, my dark horse is Juju Smith-Schuster, though. That would um, be nice. Taking over the – so Demarcus Robinson is gone. Tyreek Hill is gone. Um, there's question marks surrounding uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and the other running backs there. Mahomes has to throw the ball to somebody, and Kelsey's not going to be open every single play. So I think Juju is a uh, is a guy that is probably like one of the few veterans that Mahomes can kind of lean on. So I think there's a chance that he uh, has a big year. I don't know. He might get some good – he'll have more receptions than he did last year, but yeah, I think he's going to be too busy on the sidelines with Jackson. It's Mahomes. also an upgrade in quarterback play as well. Um, so uh, next we'll do the rookies of the year. We'll do defensive rookie of the year first. This one is a little bit more uh, top-heavy because of the draft where Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton, Trayvon Walker, a lot of uh, Sauce Gardner, Devin Lloyd, a lot of these guys that were you know prolific college players went early in the draft, whereas the, uh, the rookie quarterbacks necessarily aren't actually playing this year. Okay. Um, let me see. Now, remember, I did this like almost a month ago. I did some research on this, and I have Nick Benito, edge rusher for Denver. Okay. Where is that on the list? I forget where he went to college, but I know he was a good player in college. Uh, Nick Benito, he is at plus 6,000, so why not? Uh, I'm just going to go Aiden Hutchinson. I think it's too easy of a, of a pick because oh. he uh, he went to Michigan. He's He got drafted by Detroit. And uh, he's kind of got – he was as pro-ready as anybody in the draft, whereas a guy like Trayvon Walker is a little bit more uh, – you feel like there's a little bit more upside there, albeit a lower floor, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit higher ceiling, whereas um, Hutchinson has a little bit – maybe a little bit higher floor, maybe not as high of a ceiling as uh, Walker. But Hutchinson, I think, is the most pro-ready defensive player in the draft, maybe aside from Devin Lloyd, but Hutchinson's an impact player because he plays on the defensive line. Um, offensive rookie of the year. Um, uh, in order, the favorites are Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Damian Pierce, Chris Olave, uh, Priest Hall, Sky Moore, Romeo Dobbs, Traylon Burks, Brian Robinson, Drake London, Christian Watson, James Cook. Perfect. You picked, you named someone that I have. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Sky Moore, because just like I said, I don't think Juju will yeah. be there. He'll be 
reliable for sure, but I think Sky Moore will be the the young rookie that Mahomes will favor more. Yeah, there's a chance Sky Moore becomes like the Brandon Ayuk of the uh of the Chiefs. I'm gonna go George Pickens because I think he's got a really favorable situation. Um he's got Claypool, he's got a, a quarterback with a lot to prove, whether it's Pickett or Trubisky, albeit I think they're both pretty lousy. Um Trubisky less so than uh, Pickett. But Pickens was really good in college. I think he's very pro ready. Uh, my my dark horse for this is Traylon Burks with the Titans. Ooh. Uh, stepping into the AJ Brown role, mm-hmm. uh, the the role of AJ Brown would now be played by Traylon Burks. Uh, and uh, as far as Tannehill is concerned, uh, when he gets benched, Malik Willis, I think there could be a rookie connection between Willis and Burks yeah, that maybe blossoms say. and gives uh, Titans fans a little bit of a uh, glimmer of hope. Yeah, I was just going to say he'll run away with the award by week nine yeah. when Tannehill is done. <laughs> I will we'll do a defensive player of the year. And then we'll do MVP, and then we'll jump into the miscellaneous ones. We'll kind of blow through those as well. Oh, uh, defensive offense. player of the year. What's up, sir? Oh, never mind, never mind. Excuse me. Um, um, defensive. So, yeah, defensive player of the year. The um, in order, the odds. Uh, slim gaps between Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, Aaron Donald. I think there may be some voter fatigue with Aaron Donald. Uh, yeah. Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, Joey Bosa, Rashawn Gary, Darius Leonard, Max Crosby, Daniil Hunter, Derwin James, Khalil Mack are the next handful of guys. Uh, I was I was going between Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack, but I'll lean toward Khalil Mack, new team, and I think new life because there's more energizing that team for sure. So yeah, I, it's interesting because you were picking between two guys that are going to be teammates too, um, and that's mm-hmm. going to be very very exciting. I'm actually going to go with Joey's brother Nick. Um, I think if he stays healthy, he's a uh, he's a game changer. There could be a little bit of uh, bias toward Max Crosby because of the fact that he kind of came out of nowhere. Last year with the Raiders, and if the Raiders are any good this year, it'll kind of be because of him. He might be the best defensive player on that team. So I think there's a chance he gets it. Chase Young, outside chance, maybe he wins it if he stays healthy. If he stays healthy. Uh, He's he's as exciting a player as I've ever seen on the defensive end. Um, Yeah, I mean, with the Crosby, I only heard of him since week 17, and he was electric on that field. Yeah, last year was really the year he kind of just – uh, maybe two years ago, but I think he got hurt in preseason or not. It was actually, uh, it would have been either 18 or 19. The year that Brown was with the Raiders, uh, Antonio Brown, they did hard knocks with uh, the Raiders. And I remember yes. Max Crosby and Darren Waller kind of becoming like the, the, the big names of that, um, of that series. Uh, but Crosby <laughs> really came into his own last year. All right. And then the, uh, the most exciting award, the MVP award uh, in order, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Trey Lance. So as you can tell, Trey they Lance. just expect a quarterback to win this. The highest, <laughs> the best odds for a non-quarterback is Jonathan Taylor, and he's tied with Tua Tagovailoa and just ahead of Carson Wentz in terms of odds. So they don't think he's getting it. Um, I mean, Christ, Henry ran for 2,000 a couple years ago and still didn't win it. That That's absurd. But it's a you know, quarterback-driven league here. Um I feel like we may overlap with this one. Give me, give me the, the first six names again. Uh, Josh Allen at plus 700. Patrick Mahomes plus 800. Tom Brady plus 800. Justin Herbert plus 900. Aaron Rodgers plus 1,000. Joe Burrow plus 1,200. Ah, there it is. Uh, That's the name. Russell Wilson plus 1,400. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Just to see your reaction. No, um, I have Josh Allen on paper. Okay. Yeah, Allen's the odds-on favorite. Um, a lot of people believe this is the year Buffalo just does it, and it could be the year everything comes together for them. You mean get in the playoffs? 
You mean yeah, go maybe further? Get, get maybe get to the AFC title game. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. I just I for for whatever I reason I, I just think this is the year that the Chargers pull away in our our great team. So there's only one team that gets out of the AFC. Yeah, remember that? It's gonna be tough. It's gonna <laughs> be it, very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, but they could be the uh, the darling of the regular season. I think there's a lot of um, uh, with a little bit more staying power, and maybe this is kind of understating their their potential. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of 2018 Bears with this um, the 2022. Uh, Chargers, where they kind of just jump up, make the leap. Although the seventeen Bears were putrid, and the uh, the twenty one Chargers were not. There's a little bit of a potential for them to just make the jump this year. And I think Herbert, think. truthfully, is a little bit better player than Burrow. So I mean, if Burrow oh, could yeah. get them to the Super Bowl last year, I think Herbert can get his team to the Super Bowl as well. He would have if uh, Staley didn't fuck him over. <laughs> yeah, if That's... Staley didn't sabotage him last year. <laughs> Honestly, we would have had a rematch. That's the thing. I wonder how much of that was the NFL wanting to have. Um, Roethlisberger uh, on TV one more time to get, get smashed it, by his ass kicked by the by the, the Chiefs. <laughs> that that game was the only non-competitive game that weekend, and they and, think they still somehow covered. I remember, I think it was last week I showed you that I was watching it while we were doing the pod. That last, you know, two minutes of the fourth and the all yeah. overtime. It somehow it took an hour, right, in real yeah. time. I remember. I paused it at one point. There's two Steeler fans that were in Las Vegas watching that game. Uh, rooting for <laughs> Sweating a, uh, it out. Rooting for the... Uh, the Raiders. Like, yeah. <laughs> just rooting for one team to win, really. Honestly. Um, a tie, they were right. just mortified. All right. So this uh, this next portion is something I don't think we did last year. If no, we, we did, we didn't track it. No, we um, So we're going to go best record, worst record, and then passing leaders, rushing leaders, and uh, touchdown leaders. So... Uh, who do you think? What team do you think will have the best record in the NFL? You don't necessarily have to predict the record. Buffalo but, uh, Bills. What team? Do you think? Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, for similar reason, I'm going to go Chargers. I had. We're on the yeah. same wavelength. We're close. Yeah. I'm just not ready to put it on paper. Yeah. I'm not you with the Panthers full throttle like last year. I got I'm it, reserving. Yeah. I don't but know. I, I feel have like my I'm, eye on, on them. I'm, I'm I'm kind of going a little too heavy on the Chargers here. They're probably going to burn me when they go 11 and six, or whatever. But kiss of death. I just and think hard on someone. It's like it's over. Just, there's a chance. I mean, that they have four good receivers with Allen, Williams, Guyton, and Palmer. They have uh, I couldn't name a tight end on the team, but I'm sure they have a good one. Higby, I think. Or is no. it? Um, Wait. No, we're talking. Old, about, is it old man? Uh, uh, not, Jared not, Cook. I thought you were going to say. I know they have Donald Antonio Parham. Gates. Yeah, and San Antonio Gates. <laughs> Um, they have um, they have Eckler. They have you know they have a good team, and if, obviously if Herbert stays healthy and that defense stays healthy, then they have a, a quite the uh, the assortment of talent there. Jericho is on the Titans, I believe. Jericho is um, a Titan. Gerald Everett is the projected. Ah, uh, he US. was a uh, Seahawk last year, wasn't he? Uh, possibly Donald Partham is questionable, Parham, yeah. and then they got Trey McKitty. Is Parham the guy that was in the XFL? Oh, I, I didn't watch most of that. I, I got into it. I really liked it. You did. You were. You almost bought a jersey. I think. I did. I do have a jersey. You did. Oh my yeah. God. Yes. I, I uh, that was the first time in my life I had ever gone to a uh, a road stadium. Uh, I was a Tampa Bay Vipers fan in the New York Guardian Stadium. Really? Uh, he, he played for the Dallas Renegades in 2020. That is of the XFL. There you go. All right, so Donald Parham, I am uh, in lockstep. All right, who do you think will have the worst record? 
It's mean spirited award. Um, I have two ideas in mind for this one, but I'm not sure which one to pick. Texans would be a nice pick, but Texans I think might be able to win a couple games this year. That'd though. be better than expected. I think so too. I'm, I think they can sneak up and get maybe five wins. I think a team will have three or four wins this year. Wasn't it you or me that were sweating it out? We had the Texans go like four, four and a half, uh, and they were like at the yes. brink. You had them, I think, exactly at four. Um, easy pick is Seattle with Drew Locke, but then you got Geno Smith now, so that kind of changes things. Geno could maybe win them a game, yeah. That was one of the two teams I've, I've considered. I would like to say Commanders just because I despise Wentz, but I should be over yeah, it. Their, their defense petty. is too good. It's too good. Oh. And they have good receivers. They have uh, you know, T-Mac, and they also have uh, Jahan Dodson. My, the sure. two teams I'm choosing between are Seahawks and the Bears. I was just going to say the Bears. I was going to say, yeah. surprisingly, it would be the Bears, but eh. I'll just I, Justin Fields is good enough. To, yeah, I, I had Seattle. Just for, in the interest of not overlapping, I'll go with the Bears. Okay. Uh, because I, I did have Seattle, but I, I was choosing between the two. You made the, uh, the decision easier for me because exactly. I still want to have the same answer. As I was uh, ranting on, I'm like, division by division by division. Who is the weakest link? Yeah, who's the worst? The Bears, division. I guess. Because like, I think the Jets will be fine. Yeah, I think fine. the uh, I think whoever comes in fourth in the West will be fine because they'll probably have like nine wins in the AFC West. AFC South, I mean, the Texans will probably be okay. The Jags might not win a million games, so they'll be fine. The, the Giants and Commanders will at least beat each other, so I think they'll be fine. The Lions will be improved. Damn, Seahawks could have the number one overall pick. This is crazy. Yeah, Seahawks will be pretty lousy. All right, uh, the passing yardage leader this year. Justin Herbert. That's who I have as well. Um, there you go. Uh, rushing yardage leader. Uh, I This one is a crapshoot because we, we really don't know who's – Running back, come and go. I have Jonathan Taylor as my default. Yeah, he he seems like the easy pick. I'm just gonna go Christian McCaffrey. If he's healthy, he's gonna be, they're gonna lean on him a lot. So, yeah, that would be lovely. Although he is gonna probably miss a couple games inevitably, so I, there's a good chance that like, like a guy like Dalvin Cook maybe gets it or Nick Chubb. Especially, well, Chubb especially because they're gonna have to lean on the run a little bit early in the season. I don't think they have Kareem Hunt either. I think that he's gone. Oh, I don't know if he's gone, but I, I think he's got one foot out the door. Yeah, I think because he was unhappy, right? Yeah. That's what I heard. All right, uh, receiving yardage leader. Oh, who do I have? Receiving, receiving. Where is it? Uh, where is it? Oh, Cooper Cup. Okay. Good. It's just him again. Uh oh. I see six hours ago. Trade proposal deals Browns Kareem Hunt to the Rams. Yikes. I don't see, I don't see the point. Darrell Henderson, Cam Akers. Uh, my receiving yardage leader this year is going to be Stephon Diggs. I think if Allen has a big year in the Bear and the Bills have a big year, I mean, they have a lot of guys to spread the ball around to. And I, I think they have yeah they have a lot of toys to play with there but Diggs is still the guy that needs to be the happiest also dark uh, passing horses. touchdown I'm also, sorry sorry also dark horse Mike Williams yeah I mean yeah if if, if we both have Herbert being the uh, the, the leader in uh, passing yardage uh, I can see a guy like Williams being the uh, receiving leader thanks for taking over that job I think Keenan yeah, Allen's the thing that concerns me about him is he has he has weeks where he just goes for three catches for twelve yards and some drops and yeah he's he's still a little. He's established, but I think there's still things he should work on. Mm-hmm. Uh, passing touchdown leader. Uh, oh, Herbert. I'm going to go with Mahomes for this one. 
Mm. I just don't see them running the ball. And I think there's going to be a chance that they're losing games to the point where they have to throw the ball more. So I, I'm going to go Mahomes. I know that sounds like such an it's, oh, I'm going to have to go Mahomes because I mean, no, he no, is still it. the most gifted passer in the league. He is. I just realized what if Andy goes back to the days where he had Alex Smith and he had Jeremy Macklin? They had one passing touchdown, it was Macklin. And he redid that. So without Tyreek Hill, he can just go do that. Oh, that would just suck. Yeah, the Chiefs did have a season where uh, none of their receivers had a touchdown. Um, rushing touchdown leader. <laughs> uh, rushing. I have Dalvin Cook here. I'm going to go Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. That's a good pick. Thank you. Just both right, right through. Yeah, I mean, got or Fournette. You know who's a, uh, a dark horse to get this, though? And I'm saying this Josh with sincerity. Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah. Or uh, um, I thought maybe Lamar because he's fighting for the contract. But Josh name? Allen makes a lot of sense to get this. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts could lead the Eagles in touchdowns this year, I mean, truthfully. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Well, I was just saying touchdown. rushing touchdown. You're like, yeah. in general, touchdowns. Well, I mean, he could lead them because, I mean, receiving touchdown might be like eight for somebody tops. Yeah. Jalen could rush for 10 easily. Uh, receiving touchdown leader. This one might surprise you with my pick. What was that? Receiving? Yeah, uh, who's going to lead the league in uh, receiving touchdowns? Oh, I have Cooper Cup here again. I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. I know it's weird to have a tight end lead this, oh, but no, Mahomes, who else is going to throw the ball to? His most trusted source out there. Yeah, yeah and, sure. they, and they have so many unique plays in that playbook. Like how many times they come out in like a pistol formation and somebody sweeps across and Mahomes just like shovels it forward. Uh, yeah, so uh, you, it could be interesting. Do you see those like NFL like films um, clips where they'll do it audible on the play because Travis Kelsey sees something in the moment. Oh wow! Like I'll send you a, a clip, but it was during versus the Bills actually during that historic like late run for, for them to absolutely win. Or go oh, I did overtime. see the one play, the the one where he kind of just ran forward and fell down as soon as he caught it toward the end. Like him and Mahomes were just in lockstep, even though there was yep. no play called. <laughs> that was all. That was all Kelsey yeah. audibling. Like he knew he had something. And he just yeah, they just gave him the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this is the uh, the cream of the crop here, the ultimate <laughs> predictions. Uh, Super Bowl participants, who do you have going? Uh, let me pull up the notes again. Uh, I have Bills versus Rams, which is oddly enough the okay. Thursday night football uh, So the season begins and ends on Thursday. That's serious. Uh, oh, well, there you go. I'm going to go with the, uh, the, uh, the Tom Brady Buccaneers. Oof. And the Justin Herbert Chargers. No, I don't want to see that. Because who, do you, who do you think would uh, would win in your scenario? In my scenario? Yeah. <sighs> see, I didn't even go that far. Because I was just like, question mark. I literally have a question mark there. Those are going to be interesting. Because the Chargers have been there. I mean, not the Chargers. It's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of blue. The Rams have been there, done that now. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to watch. It's too much blue. Yeah, right. Um, Bills. The dogs would have a fit. Bills, I think Josh yeah, Allen would go insane in the Super Bowl. A lot of people think this is the year for them. Um, and I think them, it, you know, Tampa, the Chiefs, the uh, Bills, and you could argue even a team like the Cowboys. This is kind of like it's now or, or you know, possibly never. And Green Bay. Oh, Green, Bay, Green Bay, Bay maybe sure. maybe took a step back, but every year is now and ever for them. I'm going to go Tampa to win and Brady to leave with a Super Bowl. 
one more to go out. He, See, uh, he, I knew he like that was gonna happen. He like he tops Peyton Manning by winning a, like what his eighth Super Bowl or whatever. Beating another young quarterback yeah. shooketh. That was beating the worst an, I've uh, seen Mahomes. Also, probably shook. beating one of the teams that would have probably been interested in signing him a few years ago too. True. Um, I do have two dark horses to get in. Uh, one of them is probably not a surprise. The other one might be. Uh, Minnesota, I think, has a good enough team to make a run. And then even cousins. though they are the, – the name of the team will make it seem like this isn't really a dark horse, but the makeup of the team will, uh, the Chiefs. I think, obviously, everybody expects the Chiefs every year to get there. But having, lo- having lost Tyreek Hill and having a lot of question marks on that team, it's possible that they are kind of an underdog going into the season. Yeah. I mean, we'll see how Andy does without a top wideout now. I mean, he might just make a new one with Juju. Honestly, yeah. But uh, we'll see. This this is the the year for the the demise of the Chiefs. We've been calling it for a little while. Last year was probably the beginning, honestly. We talked about it for the first, what, eight weeks? Where the get-right game was for the Chiefs. They looked shook, and then all of a sudden they turned it around. They never looked like themselves, and then all of a sudden they went like 15-2. and And a nice run in the playoffs. Before Joe Burr. Yeah, what a weird Burr. What a weird season. <laughs> All right. Uh, NFL opening night is upon us. Uh, Matthew Stafford and the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams host Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Um, as it stands today, Buffalo holds a two-and-a-half-point uh, spread. Uh, spread favorite, whatever. They, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under stands at 51-and-a-half points. Buffalo minus 126 on the money line, according to FanDuel Sportsbook. Rams are plus 108. So this is about as close as it gets. Um, two and a half on the road basically tells you the Buffalo might be a heavier favorite than they truly are uh, because you do have that, like, that, you know, the theoretical three points for the home team. Uh, who do you think wins? What are we looking for? What is the, uh, what is the storyline as we enter this game? Um, any just thoughts in general? Uh, like, what do you expect really from these teams? Uh, I expect a shootout, a beautiful game like last year when we had Cowboys versus Buccaneers, which was a sensational way to start the season. That was a great way to start the season, yeah. And especially with Dak's return. So so with this one, I want to say Buffalo really does pick it up on defense, especially because you got to stop Cooper Cup. And Allen Robinson's now the big new addition to that team as well. Yep. Cam Akers so, back for a full season of uh, at full health. See if Stafford can not have that Super Bowl hangover. I mean, he had that one miracle year, but let's see if he can show that he is one of the top quarterbacks at that peak, not just see if he can you know, sustain it. Sustain it. Um, also, limit those turnovers because he would almost be a shoe in for like at least one turnover a game because he just throws it up there. And we'll see if Buffalo takes the next step. You know, Gabe Davis right there. Stephon yeah. Diggs is the premier, if not, we've already did it, like one of the top three, top five wideouts in the league. See if he steps it up and Josh Allen, see if he just puts it into another gear and just takes over the league. Um, I have Buffalo winning and DraftKings at the time was in last week we had a special. So, hey, I'm going Buffalo all the way with this one. And yeah. you, we even have odds here for first touchdown. I like it. I like it a lot. How about you? What you got? What are your um, expectations for this so team? It seems, this like, it seems like Tredavious White is not going to play. Um, which I heading into this, I kind of thought Tredavious White and uh, Cooper Cup would be a fun matchup, and then on the other side of the ball, Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Diggs would be fun. That's going to be the one that I'm sure Collinsworth will talk about the entire time. Circle um, if it's on, I, I would imagine it's on NBC. Um, no Thursday Night Football, isn't it on? 
Well, NBC usually has the opener. Ah, oh, does it? Dang. So I think we get to Rico and Collinsworth unless it's different this year. Uh, but I'm sure Collinsworth will talk nonstop about that matchup. Uh, Dawson Knox <laughs> just got paid. Wonder how he uh, how he comes out and plays. I think it's a uh, the the entire pregame when they do all the uh, you know like little talking points. It's going to be all about Josh Allen. Hey, this is the year. This is the guy, Matthew Stafford. This is the guy that just went to L.A. and delivered them a title. The McVeigh factor. Um, you have an offensive minded coach in McVeigh, a defensive minded coach in McDermott. Um, it'll be a fun matchup. I think it'll be uh, moderately high scoring. I don't think it'll be a shootout. I think you're looking at probably a little bit lower than the uh, the over under. Uh, Bills minus two and a half. I kind of like them in this game. I think there's a little bit to be said about the the team that's never won really before going out winning and then coming out next year having all the fireworks and all the video and a little bit of a championship hangover. Um, it is official. Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth will be in the broadcast booth with Melissa Stark. That's the sideline reporter. If I'm not mistaken, so uh, Michelle Tafoya is also out yeah, with out. Uh, at uh, at NBC. I think the Eagles, by the way, this week have Kenny Albert in Detroit, <sighs> which is going to be lousy. Thank God I'm working. Thank God I'm working. Yeah, not not so great. Yeah, Tariko Collinsworth and uh, Melissa oh, Stark. Melissa Stark. Uh, actually, no, they don't have. Uh, Oh, it's Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth, and Christina Pink for the Eagles, which is even worse than Kenny Albert somehow. Oof. So uh, I will make sure to miss some of that game. Give me Romo. Um, first touchdown. I believe Romo has the Kansas City game, if I'm not mistaken. He should just do exclusively Cowboy game just to see how bad it is. He can be the next coach there. Our buddy uh, Tom McCarthy has Indianapolis versus Houston. Damn, really? Uh, Nance and Romo have Kansas City at Arizona. That should be eh, that's boring. Eh. And then uh, uh, Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson have Green Bay, Minnesota, and then the Monday night game: Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Lisa Salters, Denver, Seattle. Good one, boys. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, Russ's return. Good one, boys. Um, you got any? Do you like any of these odds on the first touchdown? Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. I think the Bills get the ball to start the game. They go right down the field. Allen caps it off with a, uh, some sort of a scramble or like a design run. I go with uh, Dawson Knox, plus 1,200. He likes the Titans down there. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Who do you um, uh, who do you like in the game? Uh, Bills. I'm going to go Bills too. Yeah. I didn't um, cover. I, I'm not all over the Bills this year the way a lot of other people are. I think they'll be great. I don't think they're going to be otherworldly. Some people have them going like – Getting 14 wins, which is absurd. That division is going to be pretty. Um, excuse me, that division is going to be very competitive. Uh, I will never rule out Bill Belichick, who beat them in in Buffalo last year. Miami's better, mind you, without throwing more than four passes. Yeah, drop back three times. Also, John, um, the Jets aren't exactly a dangerous team, but they're going to be interesting. Uh, Zach Wilson's out four weeks though, which is going to cut back on their uh, oh, level no. of excitement. Uh, we will jump into the uh, the rest of the NFL matchups this weekend, uh, whether it be Friday or Saturday. Obviously, that uh, depends on my work schedule at this point. Yeah. But we, uh, at the very least, will post them on the Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Our next topic, last one before the wins and L's and we get out of here. 
this is our first one, our first four minute scramble. It's heavily around AEW, specifically CM Punk. Our boy, is he our boy? Uh, he was my boy. I, I still do yeah. kind of like him, but I, I also don't follow the product, so I don't really know if he's a prick. But it seems like he is. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, when you found out Pat Burrow was like kind of a douche and like a sleazeball. <laughs> um, well, I had the fortunate uh, thing of not watching CM Punk in his heyday at WWE. I, my brother at the time was watching wrestling. At that time, when he was champion and running through WWE. I didn't watch a single thing of wrestling. I was exiled from wrestling. I didn't watch it, didn't breathe it. So when when I heard about the name, oh, he left Pipe Bomb. That's how I knew about CM Punk, honestly. Yeah. But uh, my uh, my first exposure to him was with uh, when he was in Ring of Honor, mm. like 03. and then he was in TNA very briefly as part of uh, Raven's Flock with <sighs> Raven. uh, um, the uh, I forget what her name, Alexis Lurie, I think was her name. She was the uh, she was Mickey James. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, she and um, way back. and him and uh, Julio something or other were in uh, Ravens' new flock, and that's how they uh, showed up on there. Um, I, I saw the pipe bomb. I didn't understand the context because I didn't follow the product, and then I thought it was interesting to have the one guy leave with the championship and then come back and be like, "Hey, I'm the champion." And yeah. I thought that was an interesting little wrinkle. And then I watched. Um, I, I didn't watch anything really from like '04 to like 2013. I watched WrestleMania 29. Because I read online that he was going to be the Undertaker, and he, he didn't, so that uh, ruined it. But the, uh, the 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 hype package for that uh, that match was actually pretty interesting. And then after that, I didn't watch any wrestling at all. So until you told me to watch the thing last year, oh, the, all, out. all out, yeah, dude, where he beat uh, Stan from the Eminem video. <laughs> I don't remember who he beat, but that's funny. Uh, oh, Darby Allen, I believe. Yeah, the, the guy that was like from Sting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stand for <a> <laughs> Um Well, WWE definitely got your money with that fake advertisement. I'm like, oh, sure. Here's fifty nine ninety nine. I'll definitely watch the Impunk beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. Oh, I watched it on some Chinese website. I, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> what a G. I was eating a hungry man on my bed. You stay true to your roots. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I think I had either baseball or something on TV, maybe basketball or something going on on TV in the background. And then I had, I was watching on my old laptop, which has since died. <laughs> wonder why i wonder why <laughs> all right i'll start the four minute uh scramble and we'll just go through this whole mess of aw because aw this past saturday had a pay-per-view their big pay-per-view of the year it's like their wrestlemania called all out and all out of people watching now so. uh, yeah right um all before right. we start i'll just give context to it um tm punk had a title match at the end against Dean Ambrose, well, excuse me, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, he won the belt, and then immediate scrum. They started doing these post games. Is, is that like scrums. a thing that they do? It's a new thing. thing. I've never just, seen it. I don't remember it when I was a kid. Me neither. I know they would do like the interview with like, "Hey, what do you think of that match?" And they get attacked with like a chair, but they're sitting in like a press conference almost. Yeah, this is new. It's weird to do in kayfabe. Yeah. And then they they've been doing it first, and then all of a sudden. WWE had a show in Wales, and then next thing you know, I see on YouTube Triple H doing a press conference after the uh, pay per view. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> this is the new thing in wrestling, I guess. I suppose. I mean, the flavor of the month. Yeah, but, uh, I've never. Uh, you can only reinvent the wheel so many times. Yeah. Before you start doing something, it different. is different, and you get you know firsthand experience. You get one on one with the 
wrestlers involved. Yeah, but is it is it real or is it in kayfabe? Like, are they sitting you there? You can going, do both. I really beat his butt. Or are they doing? Oh yeah, it was nice to see the you know Drew big house tonight. Like it's realish. You know, they just kind of set it up ah. for the next opponent and whatnot. Try but, uh, to sell it, yeah. Uh, so apparently, he Punk, got into a, a tizzy with a couple people that I don't know the names of in the locker room. Apparently, punched one of them. And there's actually a video from. Is there? So there's not of that, but there's a video of a, a security guard running down the oh, hallway yeah. when someone else was doing a press conference. Yeah, I did see that. It's like very vaguely you see a security guard, phew, gone. Um, but yeah, he's doing a press conference with uh, the owner, Tony Khan, to his left. Is that the Jaguars uh, guy's kid? Yeah, Shot Khan's okay. uh, son, yeah. Okay. Um, they're doing the interview, in, or the scrum, and he says, well, I have a question. He just kicks it off, and he just chose violence. And then we'll go into the details there. And then after that, choice words he said in the scrum, he was confronted later. And then there was a, a tiff. But four-minute warning has started. Um, but, yeah, kick it off. CM Punk made some disparaging remarks during a profanity-laced tirade after AEW's all-out pay-per-view this past weekend. That was not copy and pasted, by the way. I wrote it that was not. Myself. It was not. So he basically threw... Cole Cabana under the bus, and then the former was his champion. former like best friend as, as when he was younger. Yes, and I'm surprised you didn't know that they weren't friends. Cause I did see something. I that, did not know, so I, I knew that um, he fought for Cabana to get his job back in like 2011 because he got fired from yeah. uh, uh, from whatever the developmental territory was in uh, WWE because he mentioned it by name on TV and then he got his mic cut. Is that what it was? But I don't know if it was the, it was that fight. That might have been the Florida Championship thing. Uh, but he mentioned his name on TV and then his, his mic got cut. So I know that he got in trouble for saying his name. Um, I'll send you, there's a podcast that's like, it's almost on the level of the pipe bomb where he just basically details everything of their friendship with Cole Cabana and why it went sour and all the legal issues. And it's just, it's just something that's like now known for those who, who do know. So it wasn't surprising. It was just crazy that he kicked off this media scrum by bashing yeah. Cole Cabana. Not, to, uh, not, not to get off track. I feel like the uh, the idea of CM Punk returning was a lot better than the actual reality of it. Oh, yeah, Because after sure. he came back, he just put, he paints himself as such a prick. Yeah, honestly. Like, he was cool for the first few months, but it just sucked dick, honestly. Yeah. Um, so does this put a damper on uh, what he alleges to be the first million-dollar house in uh, AW history, meaning uh, the first million-dollar show that they did? 1,000% because all anybody's talking about is what happened after the media scrum of the pay-per-view, like what we're doing right now. We're not even really talking yeah. about so, I mean, the matches. It's what happened. I know he's retired and he also works for the enemy or worked at the enemy, but uh, Vince yeah. McMahon's whole thing was uh, any publicity is good publicity, uh, meaning for if sure. you have people talking about your product or you have eyeballs on your programming, that it's a good thing. Um, is this maybe a good thing for the company? Oh, uh, yes, because people will tune in. So, like, WWE fans was like, oh, and it's what trending. And it's CM Punk's a big name, so it is trending. Yeah. So you, and we just learned today at their Wednesday show, Wednesday Weekly Show Dynamite, that uh, Tony Khan opened the show basically stripping CM Punk of the title. So, and, and by uh, suspension. And the other people got stripped of their, uh, their tag team titles. Yeah, the trio titles. So, it's three guys who share a belt, basically. It's like instead of a tag team, it's a trio's belt. Uh. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, who coincidentally are the executive vice presidents who also were involved in CM Punk's media scrum out, outlandish outrage where he basically bashed them 
as EVPs and as people and just became a yeah, complete not a mess. Uh, do you think it's a violation for him to air out Colt Cabana's dirty laundry and basically expose to the world that he was paying his bills and also that Colt has a, uh, I think his name's Colton, something Colton, but he's got a, uh, a well, uh, bank account his, with his mom. I think that's his real name. I think it's Stephen Colton or something like that. Yeah, um, Steve Colton, I think is his name. I don't think it's a violation, but it's definitely petty and it's just like there's no need to kind of air someone's personal stuff out, especially when, to my knowledge, there wasn't anything from Colt Cabana saying anything publicly about him but I think yeah what prompted just, this did somebody ask him a question about it because I, I just no. I, the video just started with him talking about it well the thing is he there was a reporter in the front who's I think friendly with Cabana that he knew of but then the reporter basically said in the scrum oh me and him aren't friends I haven't really we're not friends like that we're not even friends I haven't spoken to him in like years and then he was like, oh my bad I did. well he's no friend of mine either so we have something in common at least oh, he just chose violence he was just dumb. on a on a rampage so to speak. Well, he must have been in pain because he doesn't take any type of medicine because he's a weirdo. Well, uh, he's straight edge, man. Straight edge. Take a Tylenol. Shut the hell up. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think Tony Khan was thinking in the moment there? Dude, whatever he was thinking was just absolutely, he looked shook. Those yeah, videos were like funny. No idea what to do with himself. Uh, I got WCW <laughs> vibes from this as I have the entire time I've watched AEW when you had me watch it. Uh, it's I get WCW vibes and then TNA vibes, which was also just a fake WCW from, to begin with. This felt a lot like the uh, the Vince Russo bash the beach thing from 2000 where he came out and buried Hulk Hogan. It's and he told everybody it was a, uh, oh, it's a work. And then uh, this reminds me of TNA because it's just a bunch of old dudes that were famous elsewhere calling the shots and doing dumb shit, so. Those are my uh, those are my takeaways. Uh, it's also, a little bit of both. Also, um, he's uh, notorious for getting hurt. Did he injure himself during the promo there? <laughs> he didn't get uh, injured in, in the in the media scrum, but he got injured during the match. He's like the uh, so apparently um, this person named Steel, uh, a Steel threw a chair at somebody during the that, fight. That's his trainer. By his the trainer, way. yeah, yeah, his trainer. So, so he threw a chair at somebody. At one of the EVPs, at one of the tag team titles, so tag stupid. team champions. Uh, I didn't get the odds prior to the, uh, the press conference. Did you have over 11 and a half F-bombs or under? Oh, I had significantly under. I didn't even expect yeah. him to go Did off Did we like get that. a final count? It had to be somewhere in like 18 to 20 range. I'll get back to you on that. I'll have to re It was a it. lot. It's it was- three minutes long. It's it's. I don't, I don't understand the context of it until I read an article about it because I was so fascinated by it. He, I don't, he just went... I. Like, I, you don't follow the product. I didn't follow the product for a while, but apparently yeah. this has been brewing for some weeks now. Is this something they're sudden, doing on television, or is this just something brewing yeah. behind the scenes? Well, both, uh, but it went on television. Oh, so they're doing the thing with, like, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels where they blur the lines. And no, 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 no. P- push a real-life thing onto TV. I mean, how do I explain it? Um, there's one guy named The Hangman, right? He was a former champion before Punk beat him. Uh-huh. And he went in business for himself. As That's what Punk thinks. So he came out with a promo in front of Punk and basically kind of aired out the backstage uh, like the issues, drama, and like drama on TV and bashing the champion and also bashing the match. And in yeah. Punk's eyes, you're hurting the product and you're hurting the pay-per-view vibes because yeah. this is what we're doing. We're doing a promo, but you went into business for himself. No, I didn't did know about the see promo. something. I saw something about Punk issuing a, uh, a challenge to somebody that wasn't even in the building. That was and then Hangman. the other guy. The other guy thought that he was damaging him. So, yeah, this That's seems it. like a, just a giant mess. This feels a lot like WCW. And the thing is, that was months ago when Hangman was the champion. Oh, okay. So he basically kept that 
same energy. And basically, he said, Punk said that was a receipt when Punk. I was going to say, it's, it sounds like he issued a receipt to the guy. Yeah, well, Punk did a, a promo. It, that promo that you mentioned, that was his receipt to bash Hangman. Basically, you're not even a worthy champion. You never were. You're nothing. You're scum. I'm moving on to bigger and better things. So he kind of. Fascinating. So then, because uh, the EVPs are best friends with the guy, he threw them in the lump and it just became a big mess. Um, and that's the, why they all uh, got to a scuffle. The big winner in this is this Friedman guy because he's going to go leave and go to WWE. Possibly, but he made his return that night at the end. He's challenging for the belt. He didn't realize that CM Punk was going to throw friggin' rocks from inside of a glass house after the show. <laughs> exactly. But whatever. He, he has the number one contender spot. Now they're doing a tournament that will end in two weeks in I Queens. Hate, uh, Christ. It will T- end tournaments in, in, uh, in fake wrestling never work out well. They don't. No, they, don't. They, they always suck. Uh, all right. Uh, W's and L's. Uh, W's and L's. I have two W's, one L, sir. I do as well. Uh, would you like to kick it off or would you like me to kick it off? I'll kick it off real quick. Uh, okay. My one and only L. We just talked about it. AEW in shambles. Just like you said, WCW vibes. I really had high hopes for this company back, what, two years ago, three years ago? Even a year and, ago. And now it's just been absolute shit. They've been signing all ex-WWE guys to massive contracts. Yeah. They've taken up all the TV time. Sting is on there practically every week. CM Punk's on there three times an episode. Either. I can't imagine Sting wants to be on there. <laughs> exactly. And you got guys who've been there homegrown since day one. You barely see them. They're probably exiled to the YouTube channel. You don't see them. So it just sucks. They set themselves up easily for the memes because they can be TN, AEW, or <laughs> AEW, CW. Um, my only L is going to be Stephen A. Smith, who went on national television today and talked about how Jalen Rager has a lot to prove for the Eagles this year, uh, a week after being traded, and then followed it up by saying the Eagles needs uh, safety help uh, three days after they got Cha- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So uh, Stephen A. Smith is my L for once again being unprepared. Uh, to be on television. Let's be real. Some intern just got fired. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Blame Stephen A. Probably. That's and he I went on there with Chris Russo. So Russo probably called him out for it too. I didn't see it, but I saw the uh, the transcript of it. I don't think Caruso had the balls to do it. He's like, ah, I don't know. I'm yeah. not all there. Chris Russo, by the way, gets paid like 10 grand of an appearance on there. And he signed up for 40 of them. Jesus, what a good living. What a good living. Um, I have two dubs. One of them is... MGF returned. We just mentioned that as well. This is going to be a little heavy wrestling. But he returned. It was good to see a big-ass pop from him. And uh, he had a bigger pop in Buffalo. They were in Buffalo, New York tonight for AEW. Massive buff. He is a star. And finally, apparently, Tony Khan did break the contract and paid this man handsomely. So it's an undisclosed amount, but he's happy. Let's just say that. I hope he didn't have to buy stock in the Jaguars. Um, yeah, right. So I guess technically I have one and a half W's, one and a half L's, because my first W can be a um, can be a half of a W, half of an L. Yeah. So the half of a W is going to go to the reporter in the back of the room, and the half of the L is going to go to Brian Kelly. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this clip of Brian Kelly yeah. entered his uh, his post game press conference after losing to the Florida State. I want to say what a game. Um, he said, "Oh, it's nice to see everybody's late arriving to the uh, the press conference today." And some lady in the back said, well, maybe we'll be on time if you start winning games. <laughs> because Yikes. they lost at the gun <laughs> to Florida State. Was that the best game so far of the season? Yes. That might be the best game of the season in general. Of the season, right. Yeah. Or the best ending. Best ending, at least. Yeah, it's hard to 
call an entire game good unless like crazy stuff happens the entire time. I think we get caught up sometimes saying things like that, but really the only like thing that matters is the last five minutes. Honestly. Um, and uh, my last W, Detroit's infielder, Cody Clemens. I think they were in a blowout loss against the Angels. He go, goes out there and pitches and then throws a strike. Uh, strike three to one Shohei Otani. You think that's nothing of it, but once he struck him out, he was thrilled, relieved, joyous, and he called and he got to uh, save the baseball. And then I later find out from you on an update that Shohei Otani signed it and gave him a little message saying, quote, what a nasty pitch on the baseball. So good for Cody Clemens and uh, good for Shohei for uh, giving him a nice, nice memento. In the in the process, uh, Cody and Roger Clemens become the uh, the uh, number one father son duo in the history of MLB in uh, strikeouts. Incredible, um, <laughs> which, which I thought was great. My uh, my other W is uh, Pat McAfee will be joining College Game Day on a weekly yes. basis starting uh, starting. I think it's not this week, but maybe the following week. I didn't see the date. Uh, it's the I week that they're week. it's the week they're in Alabama. Hmm. Uh, I got to double check it. That should be interesting. Good for Pat McAfee, man. He's just grinding, grinding, grinding after essentially, I think, basically retiring early as a punter yeah. in Indy and then making it in someone on the radio, podcast, WWE. And now look at him, college game day. Good for Pat McAfee. Yeah, very happy for him. He's uh, he's cool. Yeah, he's cool, man. Um, well, that's it, guys. Uh, concise episode 69 of the PA Turnpod. We'll be back later this week for episode 70 for the big NFL preview, big uh, football Americano episode later on this week. But uh, any last words, Rob, before we wrap it up? Um, I think it actually is this week because it's Alabama versus Texas. Maybe that's the game they'll be at. I don't know. Uh, my last words, <laughs> no. Uh, I don't have any. Uh, hopefully the Phillies can sweep the Marlins because that's very important right now. Especially on your birthday. Happy yeah, birthday, King. That'd be cool. Thank you. All right, guys, we'll see you next. Well, no, we'll see you in a few days. A few days, yeah. Until then, stay safe out there. Happy birthday, Rob. Thank you.